a more watched series in Royals history that uh, maybe is was one of the more exciting playoff series in Royals history. It was the first round in 2008. The Royals ended up making it to the second round that season. Uh, the Cincinnati Cyclones bettered them in 2007-2008. But the end of that series against the Elmira Jackals in the 2008 Kelly Cup playoffs, Game 5, the Royals win in overtime to take a 3-2 first-round series edge uh, with an overtime winner from Brock Hooten. And you were there for both games. The second night was Game 6, back-to-back nights, first one at First Arena in Elmira and then back at the old Sovereign Center, now Santander Arena, where Kevin Surrett scores in double overtime in the 08 first-round series to advance the Royals into Round 2. Uh, about that first <laughs> uh, the uh, first night, the Game 5 night, you were there and you tell a very vivid description of how the Royals tied the game at 1 at the end of the second period with Charlie Kronschnabel, and I wanted you to help relive it for all the Royals fans out there that remember that 12 seasons ago. I'll do my best, Dave. Before, though, we get into that detail, what's interesting to note about that first-round series is the uh, – uh, the Royals won three of the four games in overtime, and Brock Hooten had not one but two of the three overtime game winners. The team dropped game one in Elmira, one to nothing, and then came back to win four out of five, three of them in overtime. So it was, a, in, for many reasons, a uh, kind of a heart-stopping, uh, exciting edge-of-your-seat uh, type of a playoff series. But that fifth game in particular... Uh, was in Elmira, and the, many of the Royals fans uh, had made that trip numerous times. Uh, I, I know a lot of fans may not have cared for the building, but I thought it was terrific with respect to what an ECHL arena uh, should be. A little smaller than Santander Arena. I think it was its capacity was maybe 4,500, but they had private suites or boxes the full way around the, above the, seat, the general seating. Uh, the broadcast location was maybe was right at center ice maybe uh, the seating area was maybe 15 16 rows it was a very intimate arena and you could really you could hear the skates cutting the ice you could hear a lot of sights and sounds naturally without a without a field mic uh, over the top of the glass so it had a lot of elements that i think added to the excitement uh, of a game that was uh, you knew was already going to be exciting because it was a playoff setting but to set the stage just a little bit the royals and the Jackals were tied 2-2. As I mentioned, they lost game one. They won game two, 5-4 in overtime. Brock Hooten, the winner. Uh, won uh, game three, 2-1. Kevin Schaefer had the winner there. Then they lost in uh, The Royals lost on home ice in game four to even the series 2-2. And they go to Elmira. I made the trip up by myself. One of the few, uh, in fact, I think it's the only road uh I'd have to go back and think. I may have done a road playoff game in Trenton once or twice. But anyway, made the drive to Elmira. And, of course, you know, it's a pivotal game. I mean, it's game five, and you and I both know, you go back through the annals of all the professional leagues and playoff series, a series that's tied 2-2, the team that wins game five, I think the statistics are something like around 80% of the time, if you win game five, you ultimately win the series. Well, it's 2-2. And the Royals give up a goal late in the first period. I believe uh, maybe a minute and a half, uh, two minutes left, something like that. So they're down uh, one to nothing. 
And that lead, Joel Martin, who played and faced the Royals many, many times and was a very kind of a thorn in the Royal side, uh, clearly was on his game. The Royals ended up out shooting Elmira 38-28 that night. So you can see what kind of a night Joel Martin had. And he literally was stopping everything. And you get to very late in the period, and it was a chippy series. Uh, and uh, the fans, and uh, you may, uh, David, have heard and recall, pretty uh, Royals Elmira, it was always chippy. And uh, playoff series, you know, ratcheted up uh, the edge of uh, the players. So it was a very chippy series. And late in the, uh, uh, late in the second period, Royals are shorthanded killing a penalty uh the i think the penalty came i'm trying to think back on this it was maybe the 19 minute mark or thereabouts but uh, roughly a minute left in the period the royals are are penalized and it was a bench minor uh, for too many men to make you know to add insult to injury i don't recall who served it for the royals but i do remember it was a bench minor for too many men so the uh, obviously the the uh, face-off at the time is in the Royals defensive zone and the clock ticks down Elmira has some pressure uh, to kind of condense it the clock is ticking down the Royals ice the puck and there's six seven eight seconds Joel Martin goes behind his net and stops the puck and all he needs to do there's not a Royal that is even on the offensive side of the red line all Joel Martin a veteran goaltender in the ECHL needs to do for his team to win the game uh, to uh, take the lead one to nothing lead I should say to the third period is hold on to the puck for some reason he decides to rim it around to the near side below where uh, Mark Thompson the Royals former play-by-play man and I are broadcasting Charlie Kronschnabel who is a big rugged very intelligent hockey player without killing the penalty he sees it coming around the, the boards makes a dash from the red line to the blue line and just barely, just barely holds the puck in at the offensive blue line and in one motion holds it in and uh, takes a wrist shot toward the empty net because Joel Martin is behind his net. And you can immediately see and sense the panic in Martin. And then it's a race. Can he get back around to the front of the net before the shot, which from our angle you can tell is going to go dead center into the net? He just barely misses getting there the puck skids into his right into the net and it's offic- it was officially listed as the time of the goal was 1959 of the second period that ties the game the building was as stunned as I have ever seen a gathering of fans watching a, a sporting event for some unknown reason I think Joel Martin just completely lost track of where he was and what he needed to do because to repeat what I said, all he had to do was stop the puck, which he had done on the rim around, stand behind the net for probably no more than three or four seconds, and the buzzer sounds. They have a one to nothing lead going to the third period. Instead, makes what proved to be a fatal mistake. Kronschnabel got the goal, sends it to overtime, and uh, a number of chances both ways. The overtime, each team had three shots on goal. I'm looking at some notes that I have kept from that game. And Brock Hooten uh, scores the game winner, 8:33 into overtime. And the team takes, you know, I mean, overjoyed team 
uh, takes the bus back home to Reading and faces the Jackals the next day in game six with a three-game to two lead. The next night, one of the longest games in Royals history, a double overtime game, 3,100 uh, 3, at Santander Arena, uh, come out for a 5-4 to four Royals win. They end up advancing into round two. Shots were, I'm looking at the old box score here, 50-48 to 48 in the Royals' favor. Uh, Malcolm McMillan was on that team. Brock Hooten, Charlie Kronschnabel, Kevin Surrett got the winner in overtime, kind of on like a, there's an old replay of it out there. We had it on our uh, social media last summer where he's falling to one knee. It's a very playoff-like goal, uh, you know, five feet off of the top of the crease, falling to one knee, yep. reaching for it on the rebound and sort of just pokes it over the shoulder of Joel Martin, who made 45 saves on 50 shots in 92 minutes of hockey. Danny Taylor made 44 saves uh, for the Royals, and Redding ends up advances uh, ends up advancing behind a three-point night from both Kron Schnabel and a three-point night as well from Chris Blight, who had the last four-goal game in Royals history before Ralph Kademi had done it this year. So uh, that series goes down with those just – it's amazing how back-to-back -back nights, that was a three-hour and 55-minute game – an hour longer than the one the night before, which went just under three hours. How back-to-back -back nights like that can end up becoming one of the more exciting, you know, defining 24, 48 hours in a team's history uh, uh, that ends up sort of coloring that 07-08 season with Jonathan Quick and all the other players that were a part of that year uh, nicely as well. Well, the, uh, the uh, primary assist was uh, from Pat Jarrett, who was an outstanding, not a very big player, an outstanding player. He led the team in playoff scoring that uh, playoff season in 2008, two goals and 10 assists in 13 games. He made a pass from behind the net, and you're right, it was uh, one of those greasy goals. Kevin Surrett was a player unafraid to get to the dirty areas. He did not need to be reminded where the top of the goal crease was because he pretty much had an X marks the spot, and that's where he was going to get to. Uh, very deserved, but it's interesting that Kronschnabel made that remarkable play the night before. He ended up being the second star of the hockey game. He had a three-point uh, three night, a goal and two assists. And, of course, Kevin Surratt with the, with the game winner. But you're right, uh, David, uh, remarkable goaltending, 98 total shots. And what's interesting, you think of oftentimes of the overtimes, uh, you watch NHL series, the overtimes, very cautious. Uh, the Royals outshot Elmira in the overtimes, uh, 19 to 18, 37 shots between the two teams on goal in the first and second overtime. It was a, it was just a scintillating, uh, scintillating hockey game. And if I may for a minute, David, one of the details on Game Five that I forgot to mention is uh, in the third period, with a in a 1-1 game, uh, the Royals uh, got back-to-back -back minor penalties. Elmira had uh, a 46 seconds five on three with a little under five minutes left in the third period. The Royals killed that off. Uh, they also took a bench minor penalty at 19.55 of the third period, which carried over to the overtime, and they killed that off as well before Brock Hooten had that game winner, 8.33 in, as I mentioned. Joel Martin had the most wins of uh, any netminder ever against the Royals until... Uh, Charles Williams <laughs> of the uh, Manchester Monarchs, now he's on the Indy Fuel, uh, surpassed him. The Royals outstandingly never beat Williams in regulation, had a number of overtime and shootout wins against him, but uh, Joel Martin was the goaltender that had the most career wins against the Royals from the basically 
until like st- he just retired a couple of years ago, ended up being with Kalamazoo for a while, but held that distinction for a number of years. Uh, Pat, time for 2013 memories. Uh, I want to let you kind of take... Yeah, yeah, Dave, one, one oh, quick thing. Though. You mentioned Danny Taylor and Joel Martin. I look back at this as well. They played every minute of every one of those games. No, no backup goaltenders saw action in that series. It was really remarkable for for that among many other reasons sorry to interrupt but i thought it was you mentioned about how much of a pain in the side joel martin had been danny taylor to his credit uh, had an outstanding series and in that clincher uh that five to four when he made 44 saves himself he's one of the more underrated netminders too in royals history uh from the perspective of not only a you know a highly touted player uh, ended up finishing his career in the KHL, uh, which is an outstanding league in itself. Actually, he's playing there this year. I should uh, correct myself. He played for the Ottawa Senators uh, back a handful of years ago, and he started his career with the Los Angeles Kings after getting called up from the ECHL Manchester, the Royals that year, one of a number of uh, former Royals turned uh, Royals goaltenders turned uh, NHL netminders, played with Jonathan Quick that year in Manchester, played uh, behind Terry Denike for a time with the Royals as well. Uh, Denike, who's the Royals Wall of Honor uh, uh, member that was going to be inducted this season, and uh, we're going to have him on the podcast at some point here in a little bit. But Taylor played two seasons with the Royals, went on uh, to play in the American Hockey League, the NHL with Calgary, the NHL with Ottawa, the Belleville Senators back in 2017-18, and still kicking it at age 33. I uh, don't want to forget to give a shout-out to the fact Danny Taylor. Could, if I told you in 2008 that Danny Taylor would have been playing in the KHL in 2020, I mean, that's just uh, pretty remarkable in itself. But let's uh, go ahead, Pat. Go ahead. No, just uh, what's interesting about that is Danny Taylor only played five regular season games. That was the 07 08 season, was the John Quick season. John Quick played 38 games that year for the Royals, 2.79 goals against a 905 save percentage. And I don't want to get off track. Everyone knows the story of John Quick. But what's interesting, Danny Taylor only played five regular season games but then came in and played every one of the 13 playoff games the Royals played that season. They won that series over Elmira 4-2. to two. Unfortunately, uh, ran into at the time was the, the best team in the league, the Cincinnati Cyclones, and had a tough seven-game series loss, lost game six and game seven. Uh, but Danny Taylor played every minute of every one of those playoff games in that 08 playoff season led by David DeHarnay, that uh, Cyclones team. DeHarnay, a future NHLer, had 106 points that year in uh, 68 uh, ECHL games for the Cincinnati Cyclones, as you mentioned, one of the uh, you know all-time uh, historic teams in Cyclones history with Cedric Desjardins, Cody Rudkowski uh, were two of the netminders playing for them that year. Uh, as well as just I'm looking through the roster here, a number of guys that ended up sticking around and playing in uh, the AHL for a number of years. 